that sometimes what we're looking for is already inside of us mm-hmm. and we need to create an environment and space to let it out. And so when we had our conversation on the phone, I remember you shared with me, like, my friends are questioning where, what's wrong with me and where am I and where's my head at because I'm not the Harlem Hustle Tiffany that they know. If I, if I can do that, I'm going to do it because the creativity that will come from that, the messaging, the inspiration, the, the visions that will come to you during that time, honey, like the girls are, the girls are shuffling cards and playing with stones trying to get that type of enlightenment. Enlightenment. You know what I'm saying? Like The past few years have been interesting. Incredible highs that I still feel vibrating through my body and devastating lows that leave more questions than answers. But I felt them. I sat down, I took the time, and I felt them. I have been missing the feeling of feelings. I mean, I've spent the last decade of my life building my career role by role, city by city, brick by brick. Yet, I was no longer feeling it. The high I used to feel when I was simply dreaming the moments that I had now conquered. Don't get me wrong, I felt happy at times and proud at times, but I wasn't feeling it anymore. But I didn't know what to do because I had been doing all the things I said I always wanted to do and killing it. I mean, I have killed the past 10 years of my career and I'm I'm proud of the woman that I've become. But for the first time ever, I wanted less. In a world that urges wanting, doing, and being more, I desired Less mental stimulation, less physical things, less chatter, less noise. I needed to get clear on what I was or was not feeling. It is only now I can explain this internal reckoning that I have been, am, kind of still going through. Recently, Dula came to visit. He is my thunder buddy, my brother-in-law, my boss at Afrofuture. You know the king of music festivals. We were driving to dinner when he asked, yo, you good? I feel like you took your foot off the gas a little lately. I'm not used to you not being on the grind, getting to it. It was like my secret was out. Of course, the question came from a place of love and genuine concern, but if I could have crawled inside of myself, I would have. I wasn't ready to explain all that I had been going through. God bless my loving husband who gets a front row seat to this raveling and unraveling. But beyond that, I wasn't ready to articulate what I could barely understand about this new me. To the power of vulnerability in conversation, I told the truth. I don't know, I mumbled. Are you tired? Are you trying to take time to focus on family? Or are you just trying to figure out what's next? He wanted an answer. First of all, mind your business. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm being honest, it's all of those things. I just couldn't figure out how I felt about admitting that I was tired, that I wanted to focus on building a family, that I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I don't think I was quite sure it was okay to spend the time 
and do the things it would require to figure all that out. But this is important work too. It's the work I left undone becoming the woman I thought I wanted to be. I might not know what's next, but what I know for now is I want to share what I'm growing through, even if I can't fully explain it yet. It is my hope that even still, someone will hear and feel seen. Conversations on the way home is an eavesdrop into intimate conversations on the way home to one's greatest self. Please listen carefully. In this episode, I talked to my friend Stephen London, director, producer, and incredible host. He most recently served as the associate creative director at the legendary Ebony Magazine and is now the founder of creative agency Refine. And yet, he's going through it too. And we've both been afraid to talk about it. Like, I'm kind of nervous a little bit. I'm a little nervous too. I'm in the presence of greatness. That's why. Okay. Can you relax? You actually relax. You know, we started this conversation a couple of days ago. Um, but I think some of my nerves are like, I, it was a very vulnerable conversation, like wow. on both of our ends, but then also like to maybe be having it publicly wherever this podcast right. might go and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Get the real royalty. Like, right. Oof. Well, you know, I think what I loved about our conversation was how transparent it was, but that it's also like, I think what we walked away from it was being like, oh, wait, well, this is the conversation we should have for the podcast because so many people will probably relate. What do you, what do you think that is? Is it like, is it the universe? Is it the energy right now? Is it the climate of pop COVID. culture? And, yeah. I think COVID. I think COVID, I think COVID was like, a what's that thing what's the what do the girls say on the internet it was a cultural reset like literally <laughs> literally a cultural like, reset so many people had to pivot work-wise so many people had to pivot career-wise some people were not able to do anything at all some people were overproducing that type of content um it just it just shifted everybody into different spaces and different corners that they had never maybe been before. And we were also, there was something about being a creative and being in quarantine and having to spend that much time with your own head and your mm-hmm, own head mm-hmm. that maybe pushed you into, again, spaces that you just have never been in before. People are looking at life with different eyes and being like, is this still what I want for myself? Do I really care about the things that I cared about? Two, three years ago, do I still have the same goals for myself two, three years from now? Like, mm-hmm. it just, it's a period of questioning that I think everyone doesn't want to do. Nobody wants to be in a space where you feel like you don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm feeling. All of the things, yeah. You know, for me, it was very literal in the sense of, and I, I, tell this story and it still blows my mind. Like the day that Kobe Bryant passed away was the first time I had been to church in five, six years. Um, I think it's no coincidence that I was in the house of the Lord the day that that news broke. Because I think had I been anywhere It wasn't really, you you didn't go to church because it happened. You were already in church. I was literally at church and the pastor literally stopped the sermon. It was the, it was the, you know, second, uh, a session, so not the first morning, but closer to the afternoon. And if people remember that the news broke super early LA time, but like afternoon time here in New York, 
Um, and you could tell that something was happening. People were checking their phones and there was just kind of this like really weird energy. And so they had stopped the service and, and found out what it was. And the pastor finished the sermon with the news and it was like, oh my God, what? And I left the church, checked my phone and got an email from the griot with a job offer. My first job, my first assignment was to put together news packages for the Kobe Bryant passing. And it was the first time in my entire career that I was going to enter hard-hitting news. Um, I never, you know this, Tiffany, because you know me since I was baby Steven, never had ever an appetite for anything political, anything news. Um, I want to do the makeup. I want to do the fashion. I want to do the kiki. I want to do the hot goss. Like, I never want to tell people bad news. It started with Kobe, and then it quickly became COVID, and then it quickly became Breonna Taylor, and then it quickly became George Floyd, and then it quickly became Black Lives Matter as a whole and, the, and all of that. And then it became the frontline workers, and then it became the election. So I spent a full year of having to cover and produce and do work that I had spent my whole life trying to not do. So I'm like in it in a way that like, I feel like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. But the the gems that I was learning, the way that I became informed, I know so much about our political system. I got to interview Vice President Kamala Harris. I got to interview President Joe Biden. I got to, you know, meet folks that have forever changed my mind and my life. And so I'm very grateful for my time at the Grio, but I'm also like very much aware that that was the awakening for me. That was the moment in my career where it was like, not everything is always going to be rainbows and lollipops and Black China chart about who she's sleeping with now. Shout out to Angela White, who is, you know, making- Going through her own rebirth. Come on, Renaissance. Her own Renaissance. Hello. Okay. 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 Because again, everybody's here. Everybody's in that space. It's okay to want different. Even if everything you had been was cemented on the world stage, you're allowed to change. You don't need anyone's permission to want different for your life, even if that means less of what the world is used to. You know, it's no longer, it wasn't just about that. There's this whole other thing that does impact all of us in a way that like I just never really thought of before. And so as a creator, as a producer, as a as a friend, as a as a son, as a brother, as a it just gave me so much language and so much more to look at that um it forced me to have to explore new hobbies, right? Because I'm indebted in watching black brothers and sisters get killed. Every single day, I am watching people walking into schools, shooting children because our country refuses to do anything about gun laws. And us as Black people and people of color, we can't sit in that for too long because we're living it, right? So you are forced to also have to explore other creative avenues to escape that. And I found love in interior design and in painting and just visual arts that I ended up taking a whole course at the new school virtually to just learn about like an intro to interior design class just to get my mind off of everything that I was doing from nine, you know, to six or nine to five or whatever. So 
I think everybody, to a certain degree, experienced that. Um, whether it was personal growth, career growth, or change or shift, it has now forced you to have this renaissance of your own. That's what it was, or at least what felt good to say. When Beyonce dropped renaissance, as Michelle Obama would say, you've done it again, queen. And while none of us are rich enough to quit our jobs yet, it was like she was speaking directly to our spirits on You Won't Break My Soul. It was like this collective sigh of, oh, you too, Beyonce, you, you're struggling to find inspiration and meaning and anything to ground you right now in this world. I, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I'm a dance while I'm figuring it out. Because yeah, like this proverbial, you won't break my soul. It's really Beyonce really telling the truth and like also predicting the future, which is like exactly what she is talking about and did with this album is really also what everyone else is kind of going through in their own personal way. We're all going through this massive renaissance of change in some way, shape or form. And as creatives, it's, it's kicking our ass. <laughs> Beyonce in this way has been able to physically explain to us to some degree what this Renaissance felt and looked like in her body through her music, right? Like, what did that look and feel like inside of your physical body as you're going through this change, as you're taking class at the new school? Um, and how do you see that, you know, manifesting in this world through your art, through your life? Oh, wow. That's a big and good question. I think it's happened physically and spiritually, but physically, I would say internally, my health took a huge decline. Um, my hypothyroid, my hypothyroid disease got to really nasty levels because of the stress that I and the world was under. I'm, I mean, like, I think everybody was stressed on another way that people never really thought of before. So I found myself having to really like dial in, going to doctor's visits, you know, virtually once, twice, three times a month, trying new medication, in therapy now twice a week as opposed to once a week. I mean, really having to like face my health in a way that I never really have because I've been such a workaholic that I'm always like, oh, whatever, I'll just, I'll get my physical and I'll be fine. And it's like, no, girl, like, you have to take care of yourself. Health is truly wealth. And I didn't learn that and, and really prioritize that or relieve that until now. Mm -hmm. um, so in the health and wellness sense, I would say it's, a, it's pushed me to have to take my body and the vessel that we have a lot more serious. Um, and I'm happy that I'm in a much better place, thank God, and like doing what I need to do. But I know that the journey is continuous and that like I'm just getting started. And then I would also say like similar to Beyonce, you know, she made, she's talked about putting this album together in that same time, right? In that same COVID time, locked up in the house. Most of this stuff was done when she was out, you know, when she was in her house working in her own studio. And she found inspiration in the relationship between her and her uncle, right? So a lot of us found 
comfort and nostalgia, nostalgia and like just kind of like, I think all of us were kind of trying to be like, let me remember the best times and the good times because everything right now is so crazy. Um, And so she used that as kind of the baseline to make this tribute piece to the relationship that she had with her uncle who made her feel so big, so powerful, so beautiful, so intelligent, so creative, so forward, and made music physically that honors that. Because for her, that was an escapism of joy. And I think for us, and for myself, it was like, yeah, I need to do the same. So like me leaving the grill, which again, will forever love that experience and love the, the, the people over there. And I think it's an amazing platform. But I knew for me as a creator, my, my album, like how Beyonce puts out albums and visuals, for me, my album is my work. It is, it is the videos that I produce. It is the content that I make. And I had to go to Ebony because I had to go where I could produce Black joy. I had to go where I could produce Black freedom and Black um, messaging in a way that, yes, we're going to cover what's going on. But here's also, t- here's also how we're killing it, how we're thriving, how we're surviving, how we are pushing Black forward. And it, it's been my renaissance. It's really been my renaissance. It's been my space to be able to, like, produce content at a different way, in a different way, in a different meaning that makes me feel better about all of this. You ate that. I hadn't thought about the album from that angle, but it's true. The rawest inspiration can be found in your own personal history. A compounding and refreshing source of creativity. Beyonce's Uncle Johnny inspired her to be a fab girl, and my Aunt Jackie inspired me to try a little bit of it all. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen a story or a hundred about my love for the legend that is my Aunt Jackie. My 96-year-old boo is a dancer, singer, painter, field and Christ practitioner, philanthropist, and if you let her tell it, she hooked up Harry and Julie Belafonte a multidisciplinary artist and professional liver of life. Jacqueline Walcott laid a blueprint. Every time I would go to Paris to visit her, I would admire the way she whipped through the tiny streets, showing me all the places she cherished, and how even in old age, she would stick to her routine of stretching, followed by a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, followed by a teaspoon of manuka honey. She is healthy of mind and body, still full of passion for life. Right in front of me, I wasn't making use of the tools she was leaving me to find my way back to myself. For her, sometimes it was dancing in an empty studio. Sometimes it was time spent focused on deep and intentional breathing. But she did what her soul needed at the moment. And that was always to be found in conversation with creativity and spirit. I just don't have the time, Tiffany, for things that just don't feel like it's pouring into me or positive or motivating or experiential or creative. Like, it needs to feel good for me, whatever mm-hmm. it is doing, whether mm-hmm. it's work or a nap or going to a festival or traveling or spending time with my loved ones. It just, it needs to be a positive experience because there's so much stuff going on 
over in the world that you have to create pockets of positivity for yourselves to kind of weed out the noise. In her book, The Elevation Approach, Tina Wells calls not for work-life balance, but instead work-life harmony. She says, in everyday life, harmony happens when you integrate your personal life and your work life so that your day flows smoothly. Your day should be fluid and full of activities that serve both your professional and your personal needs. And in that space, there's room for a little bit of magic. See, I believe that's how me and Stephen met. Wow. Okay. So first and foremost, the first, first, first time I believe that we met was through our good sis Benta. You guys have went to high school together and Benta and I went to college together. Shout out to Buff State. And she was like, oh my God, you need to meet Tiffany. I'm going to this event that she's having, which I believe was the breakfast with Tiffany and not at Tiffany. Because let me tell y'all something. Tiffany Ben, what y'all seeing now? <laughs> Know that Shorty been doing this since she was like this big, okay? Like she's been branding, she's been marketing, she's been producing. Let's be very clear. I just want to make that super clear. So she was hosting an event, okay, um, at her home, and we went, and I got to meet you and your amazing family. And I want to say that that is probably the fastest that I have ever felt home somewhere. Like the way you, your mom, your aunts, your brother, even I think Denver even was there. Bless her little heart. I mean, it was just like, I just kind of felt like I felt like so right into family, right? It was like Denver is like this cute little sister. And she's like, uh-uh, you think you could do Beyonce better than me? Like uh, already giving us character. Already. Already. And then, Tiffany, you were just, like, a ray of light. It was just so, like, crazy to me how you were so kind, so loving, so creative, so, like, the girl put together a whole event but was also baking these bomb-ass red velvet cookies that are to die for. You and these red velvet cookies. She also bakes, period. Like, no, like, I'm going to give you your flowers, period. Um, and and then from there, like, I got to know Tiffany, the producer, and just to see all the work that you were doing in Harlem and for Harlem and even up in Syracuse, like, the Black girls rock of it all, the content of it all. It was just so inspiring for me. And it was really, truly the first time that I met somebody from my hometown that had similar dreams, goals, and ambitions that I did, right? Like, you know, from Harlem, you very much grow up here. And our friends, rappers, singers, shout out to Tiana, you know, like the girls have these goals, but no one is up. You never hear like, oh, I want to be a producer or I want to be a director or I want to be talented in that kind of way. That's just that just wasn't something that you thought of a job or a career. I, I think content creators now, I feel like so old doing the, you know, the kids now. But it's true. I think that like, because we grew up on the very early days of YouTube, right? Where that was the first time you learned everything that, everything that content creators do to get the video to film is a producer, right? So people got to learn in real time how to become producers, maybe even if they didn't realize that they were, but that's not, that wasn't the case then. No, it was like, you went and got your camera and like you recorded. uh, I remember one time, Chris Brown was performing at Riverbank State Park. Like, I, not this, Riverbank. This you is, are a bird. 
Okay. Showing my age, our age. Um, <laughs> and I was like, we got to record this. Like, that's going to be a thing. Like, he's doing, it's your man on the floor. Like, we're going to, we got to record this. Like, this is a moment. And I recorded that. And that was the first piece of content I've ever uploaded to YouTube. And it got all these views. Probably was probably like 5,000. It's giving, it's giving micro-influencer. Micro-influencer, period. Like, I am that girl. And, <laughs> like, I remember, like, to your point, like, you would do stuff like that and you didn't think of you are producing a clip uh, and, and creating media or content. There wasn't, there wasn't that language for us to know. And so fast forward to meeting you and seeing how you were doing that and studying that in school, I just felt like I needed to be a sponge, Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was like, I got to ask as many questions as possible. I got to know what is in this girl's mind. I got to know how she's doing all of this. What resources and connections is she using and working with? Because I want to be like her one day. And I think that really set the tone for our brother and sister, but also mentor mentee relationship that we quickly developed. And you took me in open arms in Atlanta. I came down there to intern for 22 Squared. Shout out to 22 Squared. Shout out to 22 Squared. Okay. Uh, Advertising agency based in Atlanta. Um, I went down there during my spring break. And simultaneously, I was also preparing to present my first TED Talk, which, what? Like, Like, huh? Right. Um, and you just like were there. It was like, okay, what you need? Like, all right, here, yep, you can crash here. What do you need? Let's okay, what do you got? And you just were like so much full of ideas and creativity and just a helping hand, but also just a, a great friend. That when I then got the 22 square job, she's like, Oh, come, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, man, you gotta take that job. I don't care, figure it out, come down, you know. Right. And you took me in with open arms, and that just was the beginning of a beautiful relationship that then continued on, and we had the opportunity to then work at Condé together. And I feel like there is really where we became like peanut butter and jelly in the sense Mm -hmm. that I was then able to take the learnings from school, from internships, from work, and the learnings that you poured into me and other great people poured into me that we was in there really killing it. Like we was really, I don't think people, yeah. the amount of work that you and I were putting together. Shout out to Zach Eisen. Shout out to Alyssa Lynn Paris. Just the entire, it was an era. It was a very, very special era. I mean, and the greats in the room, Zach killing it still. Uh-huh. Alyssa, uh-huh. Alyssa Paris, honey. Period. You can't turn on that TV without seeing her in the commercial. She's going to give you a commercial. She's going to give you a sketch. She's going to give you a uh, scripted series. She's going to give you an improv series. Okay? She's going to give you stand-up. And then carry on Instagram and Twitter anyway. with the, and the mom characters. Like, which I also, I also did want to say this, too. All the girls that are out here putting on wigs and Boston accents trying to be their mom, shame on y'all. And y'all will never get shame on y'all. Alyssa, Alyssa Gibbs, period. Until you do right by Alyssa Lim parents. <laughs> okay. Okay. Money, bring your bags down. Thank you, shoes off. I just back you. Go to Fresca? A coat. Good afternoon. You finally got up. Neighbors bought a new car. Must be doing pretty well for themselves. Bought these at a big sale. Yeah, okay. You know, I haven't seen the neighbors grill out this year. They always grill out. Must be something going on.
listen, again, it was an era, right? And it was a lot of fun. And I'm not, and like, I, I oh. also learned so much and I'm gonna give you your flowers too. And you just gotta take it. So stay right there. Um, you know, but if we really think about it, it was like fast food content, right? Like I remember we were trying to figure out how to compete with people putting rubber bands on a watermelon. And like that was the biggest video on the internet. 1, that is, that's, that's what, what are we doing? As a society, what are we doing, right? But doing? also I understood, I think, the psychology and excitement of uh, a once forgotten format, which is live TV, right? Like I had just come out of that school to the point that I couldn't even get a job at Condé at first because I didn't have digital experience. I only had television experience. Right, right. And so I understood how exciting it, it has a thing that live TV doesn't have, which is it live interacting comments. And we keep hanging together in the comments and and I, I owe a lot of that spirit to, I think, what built what was would ultimately become the fan base for Manover. Yeah. You know, so Manover is Wow, like my first child, and I'm so proud of it. And like, I, God bless the day that Patrick Starr did not make that flight and couldn't come to New York and get do that tutorial. Okay. Like, wow. Okay. See, I told you, when you're in harmony, there's room for a little magic. And Manova was that kind of magic that was ahead of its time. It may be hard to believe now, but the male beauty crossover space was sparse in 2016, especially for a Dominican boy from uptown. Well, going on record, I think this is the first Can time. Can you I'll tell the story from the beginning? Yeah, tell it yeah, from the beginning. I think it's the first time I'll say this. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but Patrick Starr was very much early on into their career and they were running late weren't able to make their flight, thus couldn't come to New York. We had scheduled a Facebook Live beauty tutorial with Patrick. And again, remember, this is live. We're promoting at this time. Meet us here. We'll be meet here. Meet us here at this room. At, you know, you're going to get on Facebook.com forward slash the scene and you're going to see somebody do a makeup. Believe me, you, it's going to happen. Somebody will be there. And I remember in a pinch, me, Tiffany, I want to say Emma was still there. I don't even think it was Lauren yet. Or maybe it was. I it don't was know. Lauren. It was Lauren. Lauren was it there. It was Lauren, right? It was Lauren, right? Okay, so me, you, and Lauren are there. And Tiffany says, okay, Stephen, why don't you do it? And Lauren's like, yeah, like, that's a great idea. Stephen, why don't you? And at first, I'm like, y'all trying to look like Patrick because y'all trying it. Like, that's a Patrick star. Try to match your thought, but I was like, I bet your excuse you, like, what? And they're like, girl, you know makeup. You have an amazing big personality. They're going to love you. Get on there and do a tutorial. And I was like, what am I going to talk about? And Tiffany was like, girl, talk about what's going on. What do you mean what's going on? And I think the new season of Kardashians had just started, and Kim was getting ready to work on her contour line. And I remember that's how our, we created our first log line, which was watch this man learn, uh, do Kim Kardashian's highlight and contour. I am proud to say that not only did I show up, but I showed out. And it was our highest watched episode of content that we had put out thus far. Correct. So from there, it was kind of like, wait a minute, like, this is a thing. Like, let's call this a thing. Like, this is, 
this is not just we had to fill in Patrick real quick. There's talent here that we need to capitalize. And it was the first time that I ever saw myself really seeing my dreams come true. And, and, and I think for a while, especially coming out of college, especially working in Atlanta, having to move back home to New York because my mom had became ill and all of that, I, was, I had kind of given up on on-camera work and on-camera talent. I kind of was like, you know, I'm just going to be a producer and I'm just going to make really dope stuff behind the scenes. You, they given the they given the hosting jobs to the celebrities now anyway. You know, Bawa had taken over 106 and Park. Shout out to 106 and Park. Y'all probably don't even know what that is. But the point is, for the girls that know, no, okay? <laughs> for the girls that know, no, that like, it was no more, you know, Roxy and, you know, Terrence J. It was no more Jaleesa and like Big trained hosts. It was, that wasn't, I didn't care about that anymore. Yeah. I didn't care about And so I, for me, that all went away. I'm like, Lala's not even hosting anymore. She on a full reality show with Carmelo at the time. So like, I, I have to let that go. And doing that episode and you and Lauren believing in me in a way that I couldn't even really believe in myself anymore, changed the, it changed my life. Manover changed my life. This went from a once a week thing that we were doing to three times a week. Three Monday, times a week. And the, and the children wanted more. They wanted five days a week. And, and we got like, up. Like, yeah, this is we have work to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, by season two, we had got up to Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And shout out again to you guys, believe in me. Shout out to Zach. Shout out to the crew. Shout out to everybody who was in this closet that we had turned into a studio. I don't even know if people even know. I, it's a mirror. It's a two-way mirror. There's a camera on the other side of it. There's no teleprompter. There's no script. There's no, pro- there's no we don't have the resources to get it's the me on the side reading you comments. So you don't literally, it down. Literally, Tiffany, letting <laughs> me know what the girls are asking and talking about in the comments. It's us quickly an hour before the show being like, this just happened. This just happened. And this just happened. And I have to retain all this information while also giving you a sickening beat that like people could learn from, people can, you know, go to stores and purchase. And naturally, without no marketing, without no PR, this thing grew to millions of views. Companies like Mac calling us, like, can we mm-hmm. send this highlighter, okay? And a winter being like, I want to know wh- what is going on. Like, what is this phenomenon? Like, can we, wa- can we have a Menover episode about Selena Gomez that we right. can promote to Team Vogue? Like, this all happened on its own. And it's really because we, I will never take credit for it by myself, but we, like, we, we created something so beautiful and so engaging and so real. Traditionally, this was a place, like you said, that we were putting rubber bands over watermelons or whatever. We had never really seen a brand from Condé putting black and brown people and giving you the gossip. And let us talk how we want to talk. Oh, because it was we never... We spicy. Really? <laughs> like, we talking like... The, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, they, there was never... I was never told scale it back. I was mm-hmm. never told tone it down. I was never told stop going on vacation and stop getting so damn dark. I was never told none mm-hmm. of those. Told none of those things. They believed in us. They gave us a platform, and we killed it. And it, it again, it's changed my life forever. I now feel so comfortable in front of any camera. <laughs> I feel I could go talk to the people at the UN, but I could also talk to people in Harlem the exact same way. And it has forced me to love myself, to honor myself, 
They change people's lives. You know, like I told you, like getting the letters from people's moms of like, mm-hmm. my son is gay. He is struggling with his identity and his sexuality. And you're the first thing, first person, first show that can give me and my son hope that he's going to be okay. I mean, that's life changing. Yeah, yeah. It's like to know that at 20 something years old, I'm making that kind of impact on someone's life. Like it was a huge responsibility that I did not take lightly. And I, I'm just so grateful for it. I wish I could still do it. <laughs> Listen, we don't know what the cards hold. Oh, we don't know what the cards hold. Hey. And you know, I I also want to make sure we give one you your flowers. Like I said, Stephen, I'm so proud of you. You are such a star, like then and now. I believe so. Um, but there was this shift when it went from just talking about pop culture to like there was a real community around us with Manover, right? And I just remember some of the the women who work from home or were staying at home moms, they like just they loved their Steven, right? And then, you know, they grew to love know the entire crew, right? right. And the comments that they would leave about their confidence was just like, yeah, speak to that, please. Yeah. So, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, the fo- the folks that were sharing things about their children, but even themselves, right? Like, I remember one story in particular. This woman talked about how she had lost her husband not too long ago. She was in a she was in depression. She was scrolling one day on Facebook. We were live. She chimed in and she said it was the first time in months that she had laughed. And she laughed so hard and she was so happy that she cried because she had realized that it had been so long since she cried. And through watching our show, she had also never really done makeup before. And she found a love and a passion for makeup, that that ended up being her reason why of waking up every day. And my message with Manover was always take a break from life. No matter what's going on, if this looks good and and if you take out 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of your day, however money you can give to take time for you, whether that is makeup, whether that's working out, whether that's reading a blog, whether that's, you know, watching a a story or whatever, like take a break for you to bring joy to your life. That's all I wanted. I didn't, I, I think we got to a point where we even stopped doing the overdramatic makeup and it almost kind of just became have time with me. Let me be your break in the day. And to know that. It was almost like the first, like get ready with me. Like it was, it became very much like I'm doing my makeup for the day. I literally remember the first time that we used them, the oval brushes. Uh-huh. And I was like, I got them on Amazon for like $5. And in a week, the product was sold out on Amazon. Right, right. Like, where do I go and find the oval brushes? I can't find them anywhere. We are running on budgets. We're running downstairs to the Elf on Fulton Street in New York City, grabbing as many stuff as we can. Nobody was using Elf. What are you talking like, about? Right. That was unheard of. It was like, but I think you- it spoke to a, a population of women that like weren't being spoken to. Like everybody, it was always giving, you know, Anastasia, Beverly Hills or all that. It's like, I just need something to get to work. Girl, because if I don't just throw on a little gloss and some eyeshadow and a right. contour and go, and, and, and to your point, it spoke to people that were looking for that, that never thought about makeup in such an accessible and fun way. Or more importantly, even if you weren't there for makeup, you were there for fun. You were there for a good time. You were there to, I mean, the pictures that people would submit of like, got my snack ready for Manover. You know what I mean? Got the babies in the high chair ready for Manover. Oh, the you kids know? loved them from Steven. The kids, 
I mean, on their iPads, literally on their iPads, probably didn't even know what I was even talking about, but just loved it, right? right. And so, like, I will, I just, I mean, so grateful for them. We took that community, we did the work and was like, we got to come up with other shows. So we brought in more makeup artists. We focused more on beauty. I, we did our chit and chat with Frick and Frack, okay? I'll <laughs> never forget. Never forget. We're asking people to submit things that they want to shred and get rid of their lives. We mm. were doing, we were literally asking people in the comments in real time to leave things that they want to leave behind. And we would write it on a piece of paper and throw it in the shredding machine. And it's so wild that like, you know, that probably came from the fact that like we had a segment that dropped that day. We had to get this content up. What are we going to do? And we because we were able to be ourselves in this space, like, it really was for us to kiki, but we needed a physical action because production and movement and all that, right? But like, to your point, that was a beautiful exchange for us to, We're you know. asking people to leave their baggage in a mm. Yes, I'm concerned, honey. Like, right. that was therapy for people. That right. was, that was, there was something so rewarding. I remember people commenting like, now, I know that this is, like, fun and cute, whatever, but, like, y'all don't understand, like, y'all shredding that really made me feel like I was releasing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's true. It's what? very true. I will be curious to hear your opinion. Shout out to Alyssa again and Mae Wilkerson. But Dots and Demons, for me, I think was also the first time that, like, wow. mental health and, like, just all of it became so real, accessible, and tangible. Like, it was always like, when I get rich, I'm going to get a therapist, right? But there was, like, and also, and I, I mean, no disrespect, these girls know I love them, but, like, to the larger listening public, it was so refreshing to see white girls that did not have it together. Like, you know, we just, because of where we come from, we just assume that white people, you might not be, you know, doing fabulous, but for some reason, your base level is always above even some of the highest achieving of us. They gotta be They would get in that room and be like, shit's all burning. It's going crazy. And it was like, right, like, and I know if you're going through it, I'm going through this and it's okay and it's safe in this little room. I'm Melissa Lumberis. I'm Mae Wilkerson. And we're both stand-up comics and writers in New York City. Yep. But in this room, we come here to talk mental health or last lack week. of or <laughs> mental health. Yes, yes. Um, mental, mental health. What mental is that? Um, that's in Z-Men's deserves a Webby, period. 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 Um, it, like, yeah, it is the first time that I think norm- that a Facebook Live, let me, I think that's so important. Like, I want to reiterate that none, we ain't had cut. Okay, let's chop this out. Let's we were live, baby. Let's throw in a logo. No, we are on a switchboard throwing in like the scene logo on the corner, and that's it. Maybe a lower third. And that was once we got filmed. Don't get too crazy because if that Wi-Fi start Wi-Fiing, it's y'all not getting crap. How about that? Okay. <laughs> so the fact that we were able to go into these rooms, have these type of conversations where you're talking about family trauma, generational trauma, financial issues, mental issues. Um, friendship issues. Like, we were so transparent. And again, really shout out to them for putting it all out there and playing this game that almost kind of felt like a release, right? Like, it was a moment for us to be able to normalize these conversations. And sometimes you just need an activity, right? Right. Like, for us as Black folks, you think of, like, kitchen table talk. 
kitchen table talk came from the fact that Black people would commune together around food and around eating. Sometimes you need a, a, an activity and to, to be the icebreaker in the room to help those type of conversations. And I think that like what we were doing with that show and just Facebook Live, period, it seemed a mess to us at the time. And it looked and it. I think it felt like we were pulling at straws then. But now looking at that programming, thinking of that programming, thinking of the stuff that we did produce intentionally, like Hurt Bay, like the Best Friend series between you and Lisa, where you guys talked about Rashad getting pulled over and what that did for you. And it was the first time that I got to see a black woman and a white woman sit down and talk about police and how that makes us feel. And this is pre-Donald Trump. Right, right. Pre-Breonna Taylor. This is pre-George Floyd. The fact that we were having those type of conversations on this type of platform, that's unheard of. And that, and, and not only is it unheard of, but it really speaks to the creativity that we had inside ourselves, which is why to circle it back, like the change when it happens, this renaissance that you go through, you cannot question it and you cannot fight it because there was a renaissance that happened then. There was a renaissance that happened when we entered the floors of Condé Nast, you know? People like us are not in those spaces often. That was not coincidental. That was a renaissance. We went in and were able to come up with content that changed people's lives every single day <laughs> for, for at least two years, right? And, that, and beyond of the work that you continue to do with Team Boat Take, joining the Diversity Task Force, like all of the things that you continue to do and beyond and that we both have done in our careers, like that... Renaissance created that type of content. And right now we have to embrace that same Renaissance because think about them, what we could be producing and putting together post this moment, right? Like it's really crazy. That was so beautifully said. And I just, I want to put a cap on the Conde conversation by telling you the funniest moment. You're not even going to remember, oh, but God. when Maggie Widow said that her mother be going on the Tom Joyner cruises. <laughs> And I tell you that we was like Tom George. Wait, our Tom George, like, girl, what? what? We're more alike than people think. And, and honestly, sometimes you just gotta have conversations with people. And I think like that's fab. I would love. Like, also, like it's duh. Like, of course, Maggie's mom went to Maggie. Maggie is that girl like I? Uh, we and we also got to meet so many cool comedians and all that kind of stuff from those girls, which I also really appreciate. I I I think that to see them where they are now in their careers is just. I mean, I'm so proud, and I, yeah. and I feel like again, like to recap it, like we a lot of things didn't make sense for us then, and look at where we are now. And again, like we wouldn't be here now had those things not occurred, had those things not happened. And they were really preparing us for bigger stages, bigger roles, bigger projects, bigger challenges that we even realized, you know, like we can now go into even bigger corporations and come up with 25 hours, 25 videos a week in our sleep. Right. Not right. so long, right? Like, so... Yeah, I mean, I could go on. I could go on and on about that. I want to talk to that piece right there because something that I think I struggled with post that world, right, that live world, is that 
I don't know that that was necessarily the best work model. I don't know that it was sustainable, but also now I'm struggling to find peace in the slowness that I was asking for then. Right, right. Which is connected to the bigger thing. Uh, We were also talking about of like, what happens when you are, when you no longer want to do the hustle culture? What happens when you no longer are operating on a thousand? How How dare you? Not overexhaust yourself. How dare you not experience burnout? That is the norm. That is, burnout is the, the new black. No, I'm not doing it. And I think that like leaving there, um, I got faced with the challenge of like having to make everything that was once 30, 40 minutes, five, two minutes, this quick, turn it around. So now you're forced to tell the same story and narrative, but this, you know, this quick as opposed to this quick. Um, and to your point, like, it was no longer 20 videos a week. It was maybe two or three. And it felt like, wait, am I not growing enough? Am I producing enough? Is the work that I'm doing even matter? Does it even matter? Because we equated things to, like, volume and speed. Right, right. of success. And, and the gag was, is that, the girls be taking three years to put together a movie or a show. Right. And that's, and because that's what is required of that process. And we have to respect that process. So you have to respect the process. And by respecting the process, you also have to respect yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to your body. You have to listen to, I'm exhausted and now I see my, I need to sit my ass down. Um, you also have to discipline yourself to say it's okay for me not to have to op- operate at, 10, at 110%. If I want to take a break, if life has afforded me the privilege to get to a place where I could step away from production for a month or two to plant some plants and do a garden, to travel, to plan a wedding, to enjoy my partner, to enjoy life, to spend time with my family. If I, if I can do that, I'm going to do it. Because the creativity that will come from that, the messaging, the inspiration, the, the visions that will come to you during that time, honey, like the girls are, the girls are shuffling cards and playing with stones trying to get that type of enlightenment. Enlightenment, You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And shout out, and I'm not no shade to that because I no shade to the to the tarot girls. I have stones all up and through my house because okay. I need the good, I need the good good juju and energy. Hello, okay, okay. okay. So you know, so I say that to say that sometimes what we're looking for is already inside of us mm-hmm. to create an environment and space to let it out. And so when we had our conversation on the phone, I remember you shared with me like. My friends are questioning where, what's wrong with me and where am I and where's my head at because I'm not the Harlem Hustle Tiffany that they know. And they're like concerned. And if and ain't nothing wrong with me, I'm just in my soft girl era right now. And I don't feel like doing this stuff right now, but that makes me feel guilty. It makes me feel like I'm not showing up for them. It makes me feel like I'm not showing up for myself. And I said to you, Tiffany, what are you talking You deserve this. You need this. This is incredible. Like, let's not look at this as a negative. This is a positive. This is the fact that you have gotten to yourself to a place where life is telling you, slow down. Give yourself a break. 
be soft, be kind, be gentle to yourself right now. And that might mean not doing anything at all. The, the gifts that life is about is preparing you to receive. That is life telling you, like, throw this off your plate, throw this off your plate. Because, girl, the, the, main, appet- the main appetizer in course that I'm about to bring you, you about yeah. to be like, oh, I'm gagging. I didn't even think that, this, that I'd even like this kind of stuff. And I'm living for it. So we have to normalize downtime. We, as Black people, I think this is true to creatives. I think it's true to anybody of color. We are told from this, from this big, you have to work two, three times hard to get half of what they got. And the reality is this. Yes, we got to put in the work. But we also have to be kind to ourselves. And we have to listen to ourselves. And if your body is having knee-jerk reactions, I mean, I've had, I've passed out at work. I developed thyroid disease because of work. I have missed out on celebrations, birthday parties. I have missed, I have gained over a hundred pounds because of work. I have, I have seen so many things happen to my body and to my life because I just focused on the hustle and the hustle and the hustle that now I'm, I'm pissed. I'm mad at myself that I didn't listen, that I didn't take a moment to be like, girl, hold on. Your body's trying to tell you something and you're not doing it. And sometimes you will see it and know it before anybody else does. Not only do you have to respect the process, you have to respect yourself. Seems like Aunt Jackie's daily stretching, intentional eating and breathing, honoring her body and soul are things we all need to live by in work-life harmony. We have to just, it's, it's just all about kindness to ourselves. It's about respect. It's about getting out of that hustle mentality. And, and, and it comes with age, you know, and there's no time frame. I know people in their 40s that are going through this right now. I know people in their 20s. I know people in their 30s. It, this is, this can happen at any time in your life and it can happen multiple times. But change is only positive when you receive and accept it. If you fight against change, if you fight against life shifting, you're going to be against the shift and you're going to be rubbing against that pain. Mm-hmm. And that hurts mentally, mm-hmm. physically, and emotionally. So you have to embrace it. You have to be open. You're in a space where you're taking a moment to reflect, to align, to think about what you want for yourself. And if that means that you no longer want the things you wanted since you were 14. It's okay. Right. Because the things that now are going to appear for you are going to be even greater than the things you thought about then. So when your friends say, Tiffany, what's wrong? You say, girl, ain't nothing wrong. I've changed. Thank God. I'm not hustling like I was. Thank God. I am creating space for myself to relax, to receive. Because the renaissance that is about to happen and come is going to provide whole new jobs, structures, opportunities. And because I've taken this time to chill out, I will be, be, I will be faster. I will be better. I will be stronger. So when it's time to be Hustle Harlem Tiffany or Hustle Harlem Steven again, I'm, it's going to be my best. It's going to be, y'all going to be like, how does she do it? Right. When y'all when y'all see that next Instagram post. Hello. Hello. 
y'all gonna be like, fantasy to the kid, Like, y'all are gonna gag. Y'all are gonna gag. Y'all are going to gag. What What's next in your renaissance? Well, I'm so excited. I think that I'm in a renaissance of physical change um, in a way that I probably have never been. Um, like I said, you know, I'm taking my health now probably the most important that I ever have. Um, so I'm exploring what that looks like for me, whether it's going back into dance class. I grew up dancing and I love to dance. So whether that's physical, you know, working out through dance, whether that's, I got a massage for the first time in my life and for my birthday this year. I've never had a massage before. Never, never. And the 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 masseuse, masseuse? See, I don't even know what it's called because I also sidebar. Do you remember that one time I couldn't say carafe at Cantina and I was like, correct? Yes, yeah. of course I did. Can I have a go? <laughs> have a and she was like, a what? I was like, a uh, carafe? Yo, please, 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 please. Anyway, no, y'all don't understand. That's what the episode is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, growth, right? You know, like, my, the lady that was doing the massage grabbed my phone and was like, this is a massage. Get off your phone. Like, what do you do? Like, take a moment to relax. And I, my friend forced me to do the two-hour massage. He was like, it's your birthday. You deserve this. You never take time for yourself. I cried. I literally cried. And I wasn't sad, but I think my body needed a release that I didn't even realize it, it, it was looking for. And that's when I realized, like, okay, I have to take care of myself more. I have to prioritize my health. Um, so physically, I am prioritizing and changing. Lastly, um, pour myself into creative work that I've never really thought that was for me before, right? So, like, I miss Manover. So what does a new version of Manover looks like? You know, what does, what does Stephen going back to camera looks like? What does that show look like? What does it feel like? Um, and spend more time with my family and my friends and travel more and just try new things. That I went to Europe last year for two weeks and I got to do Paris and Amsterdam and so many other cities. And I came back with so many photos and so many images and so much knowledge because you really leave not only refreshed, but recharged, right? With so many new ideas and so many new colors and textures. So I just want to keep riding the wave, keep riding the change, keep opening myself up to new things because the work that is going to come out of those changes in that renaissance, I'm about to kill it. Like, I'm about to, like... Right. I'm about to carry, like... And and you standing 10 toes down in it. So it feels a little oh. different. Yeah, I'm like 10 toes down in it. I'm like, I'm in it. Oh, no, right. I'm like, I'm receiving it. And I know that what is to come from me will be, like... I'm about to do the damn thing. And I believe in it myself and in it in a way that I've never done before. But I think the only reason why I believe in myself the way I do right now and open to this change is because of all the other renaissances and changes that we have been through, right? Right. So I'm grateful. I'm excited. I am just like in a much better positive place. And it feels good. 
it feels good to feel grounded and like proud. Yeah. You know, like proud of the work that I've done, proud of the things that I have given the universe and proud of the things that I know that God and life will give me. And you, Miss Thing, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Because you are, you just continue to like amaze me. I mean, we had this conversation transparently, y'all. And at the end of the conversation, she's like, very quickly, like, oh, by the way, I'm starting a podcast and da 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 And I think we should have this conversation. And I'm like, she took a mouth slowing down. <laughs> she took a sophomore era life. And yet she's, and that's the thing about you, babe, is that like everything you touch turns into gold. Mm-hmm. You have been given a gift. I told you this. I shared this with you on, on the phone. And I want to make sure I do it on camera because, I, again, I'm gonna always give my girls my things. But you have already impacted so many people. You have changed so many people. There is not a conversation that I don't have that when your name comes up, it's a positive experience. And it's not about the videos that we post. It's not about the work that we do. It is not about the Instagram or the real or this or that. It is about the memories mm-hmm. and the legacy that we leave behind. And you should be so proud of the legacy that you have already cultivated for yourself. And I, and I thank you so much for how much you've poured into me and, and believed in me and saw in me before I could even see it and believe it in myself. You are definitely part of my foundational tribe of people who changed me forever. You know that. You know, you, Morel, Binta, they are there's very key people that have poured into me and been like, here, here, I, go. You got this. You're on the right path. Keep going. Keep going. Um, so I love you and I'm proud of you. I love you. you. This is the kind of stuff that lights up my soul and equal pouring of love, lots of space for unpacking and understanding. If there's anything I want more of, it's that. I want more soulful experiences and those don't necessarily come with accolades, but that's okay. I now have so much more room for moments of magic a personal renaissance, revealing itself through reflection and conversation. Stephen, my love, is there anything else you want to say on the way home? It's giving Oprah like she is the sister I never had, (laughs) the mother I always wanted. I don't know a better person. (laughs) Stephen. Hey, my road dog. It's Allie. Uh, You're almost home.